What a great prayer. Make us more like you. That's what this series is about. Iconic. If this is your first time with us or you've missed the last few weeks, we're going through a series about how to live life like Jesus. The Greek word for image is icon, where we get the word iconic. And the Bible says you and I, as Christians, are under a being transformed. We're under a transformational process, and He is making us look more and more like Jesus. And sometimes we fight that process, and we take some wrong turns in that process, and we are certainly uh, still struggling with the flesh and the temptations and all of those things, but. We believe the Holy Spirit is working us towards Christ-likeness. And so this series is designed to help you and, I, you and I look at our lives, look at Jesus, make that comparison, and then ask the Lord, make us like Him. Make us more like Jesus. And we've seen that Jesus over the last few weeks, Jesus is a daily worshiper. He began every day in worship. He walked in an attitude of prayer and communication with God. He was a worshiper. We saw that he chose to live his life in a community. He had a small group of disciples. He had a larger group. He lived in community because he was dedicated to the principle of iron sharpening iron. He was sharpening his disciples. They were helping him be uh, uh, the Savior uh, by giving him people to uh, to minister to. He was performing his mission. And so it was this process uh, that he called us to of being in community. Iron sharpening iron. Last week we talked about being bridge what? Builders. Bridge builders. We saw that Jesus would go around all sorts of barriers to reach people that were far from God. And he's called us to do the things Let's do the same things. In fact, a bridge builder could be defined this way. A bridge builder is someone who knows and loves people far from God. It's not enough to know them. We must, we, we must love them. Find whatever barriers there are. Breach those barriers. It might be an ocean. It might be a cultural thing. It might be a language. A lot of times it's just our front yard to our neighbor's house. We've got to build bridges and we've got to love our neighbor. But this next trait, this next role that Jesus played is critical to the bridge building role. Many of you may remember a number of years there was a controversy of the bridge to nowhere. How many of you remember that phrase, a bridge to nowhere? I'm not even sure what it was about. I just remember that phrase. We are never to build a bridge to nowhere, meaning that it has no purpose. If we're going to build bridges to people far from God, build relationships, there is a purpose in that bridge. And the purpose is this. We build bridges to people far from God to bring them the message that they desperately need. And so bridge builders are gospel ambassadors. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 and 20. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about himself. We've kind of mentioned this a, a time or two that Paul would look at his followers and he'd say, imitate me as I imitate who? Christ. So he's trying to be, live an iconic life, a Christ-like life, and he looks at us and he says, all right, you can look at me, I'm trying to follow Christ. And listen to what he says about himself, verse 18. All this, this good stuff, this gospel, this truth, is from God, who through Christ 
reconciled us to himself. And then what did he give us? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation, you know what that means. It means there are two parties that are divided, that are disagreement, maybe enemies. The Bible is very clear that because of our sin against a holy God, we're in a position of being an enemy of God. We deserve the wrath and the judgment of God. The Bible is replete with that. Jesus talked about it all the time. We can't take that out of the gospel. If we take God's wrath out of the gospel, it makes it less good news. Does that make sense? And so we, we have to understand the position we are in without the bridge of the cross, without the bridge of Jesus, and without the gospel, the good news coming to us. And so through Christ we have this bridge. He brought a message to us of reconciliation with our Creator. Through Christ, those who are in a position of wrath and judgment can be in a position of peace and relationship. That sounds good to me. How about you? I mean, that sounds great. And so Paul says, I am bringing a ministry of reconciliation. And not only can Jews be in right relationship with the Jewish God, with God, the one and only true God, he's welcoming everybody, even Gator fans, Gainesville people, can be holy and right with God through this bridge, Jesus Christ. And it's this incredible good news of reconciliation. That's the gospel. Then he said, But I've made all of you messengers of that news. Look at verse 19. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. What a deal. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. You you and I are not the bridge. Jesus is the bridge. We help connect people and bring the message of who Jesus is. Look at verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So the Apostle Paul said, you know what? Basically, I am an ambassador. An ambassador represents one nation to another nation. An ambassador would be sent from a king to another country bringing a peace treaty, bringing negotiation, trying to build a relationship. Paul said, God made us ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors of the gospel. I'm absolutely convinced, church, that you and I, to be like Christ, you and I must live as gospel ambassadors. Gospel ambassadors. We build the bridge, cross the bridge, we bring the message of peace with God. Isn't that a sweet deal? What a privilege. But what a responsibility. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew. Look at this verse in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you, my disciples, verse 13 of Matthew 5, are the salt of the what? You all know this verse. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt is not doing its job, has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out 
and trampled under people's feet. So here's what a gospel ambassador is. A gospel ambassador is someone whose life and words preach the story of Jesus. That's what a gospel ambassador is. Whose life and words declare the message of Jesus to other people. And if we don't do that, if we don't do that, we're like salt not doing its job. Let me tell you a little bit about salt. I've been reading a book about salt with some of my friends. And it's just a fascinating reality. I had no idea how important salt is to the world. And what a big deal salt was in the ancient world. You and I, for us, we can get salt anywhere. It's on, it's, it's, it's on our tables, right? Salt shakers, we've got lots of them. It's cheap. You can go to the store and buy salt. It's not expensive. Easy to get. We don't worry about salt. It's everywhere. But in the ancient world, salt was like oil. Salt was like gold. I had no idea until I started reading this. So for Jesus to look at us and say, you're the salt of the earth, was not saying you're some sort of worthless, worthless tasty thing that we put on a, everybody's table. You are the essence of, of a good life, of a quality life for the entire world. In fact, there were two Latin terms that we'll see, and you'll run into these. Hang with me. I'm going to sound really smart because of this, so stick with me. Sol, which means sun, and sal, which means salt. And what's interesting about that is that Jesus compared us to two things. You're the salt of the earth and you're the what? Light of the world. In the ancient world, there was nothing more important than sol and sal. Salt and sun. It was incredibly important. It was the base of medicines. Salt was used as currencies in some countries. Like we would undergird our currency with gold. They would undergird their currency with salt. It was used and currently is used in all of my favorite recipes. Right? With no salt. Let me just tell you that no salt, no bacon. I'll just leave it right there, right? You're in trouble. It was a source of preservation. They would salt everything to preserve it. For a period of time. What they discovered that most ancient cities. In particular Roman cities and others. Were built near sources. Natural sources of salt. Why is that city there? Well it's near a salt mine. It's near a marsh where they can make salt. Salt made life work. And Jesus looked at Christians. He looked at his disciples and said. You think salt is important. You're the salt of the earth. Salt was so important, they could pay Roman soldiers with salt. They wouldn't turn that down. It was as good as currency. And so they started calling what they gave the Roman soldiers a salary. A salary. And a soldier is, that's another word. Soldier is someone who takes the salt. The salary. There are ancient highway systems connecting nations. We learned about nation, people would cross continents to deliver salt. They could make money on salt. The Romans built intricate highways to get salt. They had a road called the Via Salaria, the salt road. Are you getting my point? Salt made life possible in the ancient world. Jesus looked at us and he said, you're the salt. You bring life 
preservation value to this. But let me give you one final thing that salt was used for, and this is fascinating to me. Salt is still, in certain places around the world, given, exchanged in ceremonies between people as an act of friendship. I give you salt, I'm promising you that I will be your friend. One ancient document said this, salt was formerly a symbol of friendship because of its lasting quality, for it makes substances more compact and preserves them for a long time. Hence, it was usually presented to guests before other food to to signify the abiding strength of friendship. Now, stick with me. How does that connect to ambassador? As ambassadors, what are we offering to a world? We're offering to the world friendship with God. We're offering them a relationship with God. We are God's uh, overture of grace to the world. How can we be silent? God through you wants to offer his friendship and salvation relationship to people far from God. Because you're his salt to them. So what does it look like to be an ambassador? Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 9. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 9 and look at some of the elements of being salty, of being an ambassador of the gospel. What did that look like? Well, we're going through the gospels to see what it looks like. How did Jesus live and how did he tell his disciples to live? And we'll see what a gospel ambassador is all about. In verse 35... Let's, let's pick, it up, pick up the story there. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages. So he was going. He was delivering his message. Teaching in their synagogues. Proclaiming the what? Gospel of the kingdom. And healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he looked at his disciples and he said, Can you see what I see? Can you feel what I feel? There's a new kingdom being offered. The kingdom, the nation of heaven, this new kingship and authority and relationship with God is available. I'm preaching it to everybody. And they're wandering about like helpless sheep. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are what? Few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Right after that, in the Gospel of Matthew, after Jesus says, guys, look at the vast need. These people are without peace. They are under the coming judgment and wrath of God. And I am offering them a kingship. I'm offering them a place, a family, and I'm giving them this We need to send more people with that message of reconciliation. And after he gives that message, in chapter 10, he picks those 12 key disciples out. And he says, I'm going to anoint you and I'm going to send you out as gospel ambassadors. You're going to go out to different villages. I'm splitting you up. Here you go. I'm sending you out. But I want you to notice something rather strange. And it's going to make a good point. Look at verse 5 of chapter 10. Verse 5 says, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them. 
Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And if we were to read on, we would see that he is giving them very key instructions on what they are to do. But does it strike you a little bit strange after my passion <laughs> appeal that we're to go out to everybody that Jesus says, oh, don't go to the Samaritan villages. Don't go to the Gentile villages. I am telling you where to go. Right now, I want you to go only to the Jewish people, the house of Israel. Well, that doesn't seem quite right. What is he doing? Well, if you, if you connect it to the Old Testament, you will know that from the very beginning, God's plan was to help Israel be a blessing and light to the entire world. But first, they had to surrender to the kingship of the Messiah. The Messiah had been promised. Isaiah promised all these promises. So to keep God's mission intact, the one that he started in Genesis 3, to keep that going intact, the Messiah had to come and offer his kingship to the nation of Israel first, which he did. Take this gospel of lordship that the kingdom is here to the house of Israel first. They rejected it. Most of them rejected it. But through their rejection, it also opened up this kingdom to everybody. So at the end of the Gospels, Jesus opens this gospel ambassadorship to an even bigger crowd. He says in Matthew 28, go into what? The whole world. Make disciples of all nations. But here's the point, and I think it's rather interesting. An ambassador never determines his own mission. An ambassador never determines his own mission. You are a representative of the sender. I would think if there's an ambassador running rogue in Russia right now with his own strategy and his own agenda, he'd probably get in trouble with the president. Do you think that? Right? We don't let our ambassadors that represent the United States are there to do the policies and present the policies of the State Department of uh, Secretary of State and the President of the United States. They are under strict instructions. And so they're just following as ambassadors um, the commands and the instructions of the sender. Why do I make that point? Because you and I as Christians are rebellious sometimes. And we decide, I've got a different mission in life. I'm going to sing in the choir. That's my mission. Listen, I love singing. I love singing in the choir. But that doesn't excuse me from being an ambassador of the gospel with everyday people. And not one person said amen. That was a good place to say amen. You might just say, well, I'm just going to preach. Study all week. Get up here and preach a sermon. That does not... That would be like an ambassador, an ambassador gathering all the other ambassadors. Hey, let's come together and have a huddle. And I'm going to be the chief ambassador, but I'm never leaving the embassy. I'm just going to sit in here and encourage y'all. You guys go out there where they shoot people. You go out there. I'll stay right in here. We are all ambassadors of the gospel. Because we don't determine the mission. We don't determine the mission. 
This is part of my ambassadorship. This is part of your ambassadorship. We come to the embassy and we get fired up. We get instructions. We make sure we're doing what God is telling us to do. But then we go back out to everyday people and share the message they desperately need. Because we're ambassadors. We don't determine the mission. Watch this as we, uh, as we look at this second point. What, what is it that we do as ambassadors? Well, we're negotiating a relationship. We're trying to bring people into relationship with their creator through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can have a relationship with God except through him. We are simply ambassadors to say there is a peace plan in place for every human being. We offer that. We declare that to you. We persuade you. Take Christ. Repent of your sins. Join his family. And so we go out and negotiate with people far from God how they can be near to God. Look at verse 7. Notice the instructions that Jesus gives. And he says, proclaim as you go. Well, I just like to proclaim through my good works. Well, you listen. Gospel ambassadors preach the story of Jesus through their lives, but they got to preach it through their words as well. Proclaim as you go. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as you're proclaiming it, look at verse 8. Back up your claim with a supernatural type of life. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. You received without paying. Give without pay. Now this will really be strange. The people will be more shocked by this next statement than they are you casting out a demon. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts. No bag for your journey no t- or two tunics or sandals or staff for the laborer deserves his food. You just, you just take what people will give you to eat on your journey. You have this backing, this life that backs up your message. And I know you're probably not cleansing lepers. A lot of those signs and wonders were there to, are there to open up the gospel to a territory. And it has opened up the gospel here to our territory. But your life still should have a supernatural element to and a supernatural uh, freedom from the things of this world that backs up the good news you're sharing. But look at verse 11. It's pretty neat. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. And as you enter the house, greet it. And you just picture the disciples walking from house to house, going into the market, going into the um, area of the gate, talking to people about the kingdom. You know the Messiah that's in the Old Testament? Everybody's like, yeah, we know about the Messiah. He's here. His name is Jesus And we're here to tell you that through him you can have right relationship with God. Do you want that? Some of them are like, no, tell me more. Some of them were like, no, we're not interested. A lot of them were like, when's he going to kick the Romans out? And he's like, they're like, well, we're not real sure that's his big plan. Uh, What he's really trying to do is get you to repent of your sins and trust God. And they're like, no, we're not interested in that. We're ready to have no new taxes, right? We want, uh, we want the Romans out of our backyard. If the Messiah is not going to do what we want to do, we reject that. And so they went through what you go through as gospel ambassadors. If you're out there talking to people about Jesus, 
You just go to them in a friendly way and just say, listen, Jesus loves you. He came to, to dial a cross for you, and he can bring you peace between you and God and give you eternal life. Are you interested in that? Well, it depends. What's he going to do for me right now? Is he going to give me that job that I want? Is he going to fix that thing that I need? And, or is he going to do this or do that? Or is he going to make me quit doing this or quit doing that? There's always some of those conditions. But then there are people whose hearts are warmed towards the gospel. And, and, and so he's telling the folks, your, your job is not to change their hearts. I'm at work. The harvest is plentiful. Just trust me that. There is a harvest out there. But as ambassadors, you just take the message of peace. You just take it. Verse 13, and if the house is worthy, let your peace be upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Just keep on moving. If anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, there's a big world that needs to know about the gospel, you just shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. And why would they shake the dust off of the feet of those villages? Because those Israelite villages, those Jewish believers, had the Old Testament scriptures. They had hundreds and hundreds of prophecies. They should have known, and, and they should have been ready. They had no excuse It was their Old Testament, their Messiah, right there in front of them. And they they rejected the Messiah. And so the dusting off the feet was a real sign of judgment. In fact, look at this judgment, verse 15. He says, truly I say to you, this is Jesus talking, it will be more bearable on the day of what? Judgment. For the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that Israelite town who had... The prophecies and still rejected the Messiah. And so you see that the sender determines the mission and the sender offers the peace, and you're you and I we're ambassadors. But I think Jesus wanted in the back of his disciples' minds kind of a horrifying picture. And what was that horrifying picture? The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, guys, let me give you a little bit of motivation to be a gospel ambassador of peace. Understand, God hates sin. Understand, apart from me, all will perish. And it will be more tolerable for the Sodomites and Gomorrahites It is going to be a horrifying judgment. Can I just encourage you? I'm not not encouraging you as gospel ambassadors to to walk around campus with big signs that says, you're perishing worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. But do not take the wrath of God out of the gospel. Don't take that reality out of the gospel it makes the good news not as good Jesus didn't take it out so as gospel ambassadors we're there negotiating helping trying to get people to find peace through Christ with God let me give you a third thing and then we'll close this up Understand, ambassadors will be treated 
like their sender. Look at verse 16. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent like me. Innocent as what? Doves. Beware of men. They're going to deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. And all of this that Jesus talks about comes true. All of the apostles become martyrs for the faith. Even John dies in prison on the Isle of Patmos. He says, when they, deliver, when they deliver you over, not if, when they do, do not be anxious about how you to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given you in that hour. That ought to be freeing as a gospel ambassador. We need to know the gospel, but understand, the Holy Spirit is with you. He has sent you. He is going to help you. He is going to help you. But brother will deliver brother over to death. A father, his child, or children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When, not if, they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. And then Jesus makes this startling this startling statement that fits our iconic theme so well. He says, what were you thinking? Were you thinking you could take me as your master and not end up looking like me? Were you thinking you could live the same kind of life and follow me and not run into some of the same problems I did? Look at verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be what? Like his teacher. And the servant, like his master. As an ambassador of the gospel, here's what you need to know. If you've built a bridge of love and relationship with someone far from God, and you bring the message of reconciliation and peace to them through Christ, and they persecute you or reject you, they're not persecuting you and they're not rejecting you. They're, they're rejecting the sender. They know you're not the issue. They know deep in their heart what they're rejecting is the kingship, the lordship of Jesus Christ. So don't take it personal. You're just an ambassador. Just deliver the message. Build the bridge. Deliver the message with love you'll be amazed however and we don't believe this you'll be amazed Jesus would look across Gainesville and he would say the harvest is what full it's plentiful the problem is the laborers are what few Go have a hundred thousand conversations. Try it. Gospel conversations and see. The harvest is there. I just need ambassadors who will do these three things. Here's the first thing you need to do. As an ambassador, surrender to the mission. 
We don't set the mission. We surrender to the mission. He sent us just to tell the story of Jesus. So surrender to the mission. Don't fight that. You know if you do, here's what happens. And the va- I'm afraid the vast majority of Christians live with this. You wake up in the morning and you live your day and you go and you do your job. You go to school, you come back and you have this nagging sense I believe this, of every truly born-again believer that is not an ambassador of the gospel, I think you have a nagging interior sense that you're, there's something you were supposed to do and you didn't do it. You ever had that feeling? What did I forget? There was something I had to do. What was that? And you live in a constant state of something's just not quite, I'm not, there's something I'm missing. What is it? Have you shared the story of Jesus? If you haven't, the Holy Spirit is nudging you continually. You are the salt. You are the ambassadors of the greatest news in the universe. And if you don't share it, I'm going to keep nagging you. (laughs) I'm going to keep convicting you. I'm going to keep prodding David Chauncey to preach those sermons. Gospel ambassadors preach the story with their lives and with their words. Preach the story of Jesus. And finally, trust the sender. Trust him. Can you imagine being an ambassador in some of the nations that are ambassadors are in there there are ambassadors today that are in compounds with barbed wires and if they go out they got to be in bulletproof vehicles and sometimes being an ambassador in for the United States is not a you know it's a pretty cush job a lot of people want that job people love to be named ambassadors i mean think about it you get a free house you get a free car you get free food You get government benefits for life. The same thing if you're a gospel ambassador. Think about it. My house comes from God. All all my money comes from God. My breath comes from God. And he tells me he'll supply my every daily need until I'm dead. And then I have eternal health benefits. With a new body. So I know it's dangerous out there. And I know you might get shot at. But if you, if you are shot at, just remember, it's not you, it's the sender. It was Jesus first. Just share the message. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for giving us this incredible compliment that we do not deserve and it it wasn't true until you changed us that we're the salt of the earth thank you God for hiring us as your ambassadors providing our daily needs our daily needs and our eternal health plan you've given to that given that to us thank you God 
What a privilege to represent Jesus, the only true and living God. Thank you, God. You rescued us from preaching and teaching and living for false gods. Or no God. What a privilege, but what a responsibility, Father. Help us surrender to it today. Help us trust you. And do so with joy, knowing that if the message is rejected, we just we share it again. We keep building bridges. We keep building salt roads across the oceans to every corner of planet Earth. We want to put a salt road. We want to extend, extend our mission. We want to build a salt salt network of roads all over Alachua County by having gospel conversations everywhere we go. We want to spread it. There's no life without it. Help us surrender to that joyfully, trusting you, knowing we never go anywhere that you're not with us. And like you promised those disciples, you will empower us and give us what to say in those times. We trust you. Now with every head bowed, let me just ask one more question. Did you know, maybe you're here today and you've never crossed the bridge to God. You've never trusted Jesus Christ to save you and forgive you of your sins. Maybe I have had the, just the blessing of being a gospel ambassador. And I have declared to you, there can be peace between you and God today. And you want to receive that peace. You want to become a part of His kingdom and a part of His family. And here's the next step only you can do. You must repent, ask forgiveness, and receive the gift of eternal life. And you must do so in your heart of hearts right now. In your, would you just pray with me? If you need to trust Christ for the forgiveness of sin and for the gift of eternal life with God, just pray to Him. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for resurrecting from the dead and defeating death. Thank you that you're coming again. I ask for the forgiveness of my sins and I will follow you as my master all the days of my life. Just pray that to him wherever you are. We're going to sing in just a moment a time of worship. If you just prayed that prayer, I believe based on what the scriptures say, God saved you right then. He made you one of his forever but I'd love to pray for you maybe you'd come up here off to my right I'll be here with some other assistance invitation assistance if you want some prayer but you also need to take that next step of membership church or baptism you come forward as we sing maybe you want to come and pray God help me be a better ambassador help me get out of the embassy and be an ambassador is that your prayer today? Do you need to surrender to that job? If that is, let's stand together and let's sing. Let's worship the Lord.
You come as however the Lord leads this morning.